Welcome, supers, back for another BizCoach Biz Coach React. No, Business Geeks podcast. I don't know what show I'm on at this point. I, I am quite uh, loopy as, as our co-hosts <laughs> have been showing us prior as well. Uh, it's great to be here. Jennifer Crawford of Sparent.co, how are you doing today? Doing fine and dandy. Thank you for asking. Oh, you're so welcome. Samantha, yes. how are things down in the future? Down in the future, things are great. Good to be here and great that we've got the music back. Thanks, Joe. Yo, you're welcome. I'm, I'm happy to be here. We're streaming in a bunch of different places right now as well as over on Entra. Join Entra.com. So I'm Super Joe Pardo and today we are going to be talking about a question that came up about servicing our customer base through to mump to lumptuous to mump to lumptuous times is that is that a word lumptuous it should be a word because it should be i'm liking it with like appetite (laughs) or food but i think you're looking for tumultuous yes that that word that i'm not going to say again (laughs) no no i don't know i kind of like that word (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't even say it again if i tried to lumptuous to lumptuous trouble with food that tastes good Delicious. Yes. The question came in that said, I'm not able to service my customers fast enough and they are leaving. I'm estimating about 30% of my customers are not even coming. This is in the food industry, which is dealing with a lots of issues from getting their, you know, food to be able to cook to getting drivers to be able to deliver them to making it so that the food does not, you know, cost an arm and a leg so that people don't come back mm. to enjoy it's a problem yes it is that's it's a massive far-reaching problem for solutions. it is every, an opportunity every, as well yes every problem is an opportunity yes <laughs> and we do have the two best tims in podcasting here today in tim brian and tim gillette thank you so much for joining us here on the business geeks can we call so, them the tim possible the Tim Pot, yes, yes, Ooh, we get. I yes. like it. I, I like, like it as well. <laughs> I hope the Tim Possibles like it too. <laughs> Absolutely. If I, I feel left out because I'm not a Tim. <laughs> we need more. This room needs more Tims. Can I? What can I say? <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so the question hashtag. today is yes. Hashtag Tim Possibles. So we here in the states have been dealing with. Lots of shortages, lots of price increases, inflation, the inflation report that came out yesterday proved to show that like not just one or two or three or five or 10 sectors of uh, the economy have inflated in pricing, but like across almost every industry has shown inflation here in the States. And before we go further, my question to you, Sam, is, is Australia feeling the same pain that we are? Now, I wasn't prepared for this question, so everything here is not – it's just my own perspective. It's, I haven't researched this. but So I'm not sure in all the sectors, but I can tell you in real estate, it's gone absolutely crazy. I don't know what it's like there in real estate, but our rents have gone through the roof. Our sales mm-hmm. prices have gone through the roof. 
that there was an apartment just like two blocks from us that sold a couple of weeks ago for $5.3 million. It's an apartment. It's an apartment, people. Five point three million dollars. <laughs> it's not a penthouse. Not a penthouse. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, and there's, you know, it's displacing a lot of people. So, what's happening is the people are moving from the cities into the more regional areas. That's pushing the rents up there, which means those people can't afford to stay in the regional areas. There's people living. You know, I've read stories about people having to go move back in with parents, going to live in cars, and like how long can this be sustained and what's going to happen? So that's what's happening here. Wow, that is definitely a domino effect, a chain reaction. Perfect example Mm -hmm. of that. Well, I feel bad for people living in their cars. Oh, absolutely. It's it's not good. And like we can't sustain that. Like where do people go? Yeah. Where do people go? That is a great question. And we that is something that we've had issues here in the States. I, there was a video I was watching where they were talking about or they were looking at houses like, what does a million dollars get you? And they were looking all over the world in that video. And like in Toronto, it's like a little more than a shed <laughs> and like for a million. Like, congratulations, you made a million dollars. Here's a shed. <laughs> like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, it absolutely is insane in some areas more than others, right? A $5.3 million. I, I think si- well, I think in Sydney, a million dollars would get you probably a cubby house in someone's backyard. I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I yeah. don't even know what, yeah. it's just How does insane. anybody afford to work there for like, in, to getting back to the, the restaurant, right? The restaurant business. How do they afford to have anybody that lives in Sydney work in Sydney? Well, this is a question that, or this is something that Leon and I were talking about just last night over dinner, is that some of these, you know, like lower paid jobs that we absolutely need, we have people, we need people in the service industry, you know, picking up our rubbish, we need, you know, these people that are in supermarkets, we have to have these people. And in Sydney, there's people that are traveling over two hours to come and do these service type roles because they can't afford to live near, you know, where this is. But on a minimum wage, why do you want to be spending like four hours a day just commuting? Like that, well, exactly. there's no quality of life there. Well, and you wonder why there's a labor shortage, you know, because those things are happening in the U.S. too. The major cities mm. are having the exact same problem. The people that work there can't afford to live there and they actually mm-hmm. can't really afford to commute either because commuting uh-huh, is uh-huh. expensive. Exactly. Um, so these are complex problems, Joe. I don't know. You came out of the gate, you know, and I feel like I need to be an economist. Um, I was going to say, no research <laughs> here, by the way. I'm like, this is just, um, I have none of those credentials whatsoever. But I will tell you anecdotally that I remember way back in the day, and, you know, I'm 51, so keep that in mind. You used to be able to graduate college and get a job, and that job would, in most cases, a college-educated person could could get a single-family home. And then it was you graduated college, and you could get a job, and you could afford a townhouse. And then mm-hmm. it was you graduated college, and you could afford to get a condo. Now you mm-hmm. graduate college, and you move into your parents' basement. So, exactly. so the, the problem is so complex because real estate is simply supply and demand. So I don't actually fault the real estate so much, but our salaries have not kept pace 
with no, not inflation. Even the only people's salaries who have has been the top 1%, the executives, the CEOs, the fat cats have gotten fatter. So their salaries have more than kept pace. But you know, the middle class has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. So this is my non-economic expertise. And I'm I'm not going to share anymore because I'm afraid I'm about to stick my, you know, my foot in my mouth because I, you know. <laughs> no, but I th- you've got a very oh, valid point. Oh. It's not the same as what it used to be. Like our kids, it is a very, very different world. And it even is for all of us. You know, I was talking to my daughter about home deposits the other day. The amount that you need to pull together for a deposit is, if you're starting from scratch, it's almost not going to happen. It's almost impossible. So all of my friends that are my age, and I'm only a couple of years younger than you, Jen, they have got into the property market because their parents helped them with their deposit. That's okay. our age. Our kid, like, mm-hmm. you know, our kids are, you know, if parents helped their kids with the deposit, then those parents are then able to help their kids. It's like a rolling. but yeah, Generational wealth, yeah. Exactly. Not able to do it. Yeah. I love talking about this, but it's so frustrating because I don't know how to fix it. And I'm just naturally like, I want to fix it. I mean, I'm sure Mm. you guys feel the same. And I don't know the answers. And I know there's no single answer. It is, you know, an onion that has many layers. What do you think, Joe? I I feel like you've got answers. Like you're ready to. Yeah. I can give you some some insight. I can't give you all the answers. But basically, from my understanding, and obviously, I'm not an economist either. But my understanding is that in going back to like the 50s, was the time before in real estate became an investment. When housing was like, oh, and I was literally just talking with my neighbor who's probably in his mid 60s at this point. I don't know, I might be dating a little older than he is. But he, you know, he was saying like, you know, I got out, you know, I knew all the builders of all the houses I ever owned. And you know, when I bought my first house, it was $10,000. And, you know, and obviously, inflation has changed what the value of $10,000 meant and means and all that. But the fact of the matter is, is as people utilized housing as an investment and bought more than one house, right, and they were able to grow and all of a sudden, the value of houses and the wages decoupled. It wasn't like, oh, you bought a house and like, okay, yeah. 30 years or 15 years, you'll be able to pay that that $10,000 off. It's just like, you know, the way the value of those houses started to get pushed up as people bought up more houses to be able to mm-hmm. rent out and things of that nature. So supply and demand was at play. And then you couple inflation with that where it's like, you know, some of my neighbors, you know, bought their houses here in my neighborhood in the 70s. So, you know, they had mortgages that were like $25,000. And like, by the time I bought the house, it was like $200,000. So, you know, obviously that was 30 years later that I, you know, came in, but that's still a 4X amount. And now we've had an crazy amount of money added on top of the values of the houses that we have out there in such a short period of time that it really it like balloons up the, the idea of being able to even own, you know, a house, mm. which is depressing. So I think all this kind of get like, I know we were kind of talking around the topic of, okay, I have a business. I am turning business away because we can't get the food to cook. We can't get the help to cook it. We can't get the help to deliver it. Even one a story uh, out of Chicago, I think it was a pizza, a pizzeria that had to close on a Sunday, on a Sunday of all days during the NFL season because he just did not have the help. Yeah, he didn't Sunday's have the help. Sunday's pizza day. 
Didn't, they, yeah, uh, they know that in Australia. So, yeah. so you know. <laughs> I mean, I think the writing is on the wall. I think that unfortunately or fortunately, uh, there's a couple ways to look at this. I think a lot of these lower paying jobs are going to be replaced with automation, technology, robotics, AI. And, you know, we're going to lose a lot of people in those jobs. Now, what my hope would be more jobs, different jobs would open up and we'd be able to provide or even if it was through the government's assistance, some training and get people displaced from those jobs into better paying jobs. This does not happen overnight, though. So I think what we're seeing mm. is the beginning of that process. I went to Panera at the before the pandemic, I went into Panera. And there were on one side, there were a couple of cashiers, you know, taking orders. On the other side, were, you know, computers where you could just walk up and Boop, 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 get your order. Well, I boop, 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 booped because it was quicker and easier. I was in a hurry. I didn't feel like peopling. But I also was like, <laughs> I was like, well, these people are staring at their replacement, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the, the people are staring at, and there's just no, we're not going to, the train has left the station. The train has left mm-hmm. the station. And now with the, yeah. the supply shortages and the great resignation, and that's a wonderful, you know, complex topic in itself. I think it's just, it's speeding up this mm-hmm. foregone, foregone conclusion. Like and I, I know uh, you don't like it, Joe. I know you don't like it. I, I know you don't, don't like it, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing in the long run. I don't think it's a bad thing. What because we're nobody, is nobody some wants to work change. these jobs. Nobody loves these mm. jobs. These are not great mm. jobs to have. Anyway, you, it might be somebody's job and it, I'm not taking away their value. Gosh, like what would we have done during the oh, pandemic if the grocery exactly. store employers employers didn't show up? But it, but if the companies are not willing to pay them based on value as opposed to skill, and they're not, they're not willing to pay them based on the value that they provide. They're only willing to pay on skill. Then they're going to leave those jobs and they're going to have to invest that money instead of people. They're going to invest it in the technology to replace those people. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm seeing it happen. It's happening now. Well, it's been happening. That isn't yeah, just a, a 2000s thing. I mean, it, there's, I mean, plenty of technology has come out pre 2000s that have, I agree. you know, I, agree. I mean, self checkout, right? And even now, uh-huh. Amazon opening up their own stores and you won't have to wait in line. Like, I was standing in line at a Best Buy yesterday, two days ago or something like that. I mean, there was like four people there, but they, for whatever reason, they all had, a, every single person had a complicated issue for checkout. And they, it was like, it was literally a backup. And I'm just like, the irony that uh, where I was standing, there was a wall, a wall of Amazon Fire Stick TVs, like the actual like, you know, 32 inch TVs right there next to me. And I'm like, Amazon is literally staring me in the face right now with their own stores where <laughs> I just pick up the thing and I walk out the store and they charge me for it. They are literally the answers is staring all of them in the face and they're selling the answer mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, but it is difficult. I like people to be able to work, but I also Absolutely. want people to be valued and I want people to, and that's why like on what I do, the entrepreneurs on my show outside of the show. And, you know, I cover those topics of like the union, you know, union strikes and things of that nature, because I think it's important that these companies do right by their people, especially in times where they're making record profits. Right, exactly. By, like, by yeah, coincidentally. Exactly. Like, it's not like they don't yeah. have the money to pay people. They just refuse to because they're beholden to their shareholders. Now, I'm speaking about the big companies 
not small businesses because I think we have yeah, to totally. set, set those aside. Yeah, totally. I think that's – yeah, totally. I actually really like what Jen said before about value versus skill, and I think mm. that this is something that people have up until this point not looked at, but we need to because yeah. all of a sudden these unskilled jobs that we're saying, well, there's, they've got no skill, well, if no one wants to do them, like what's the first – we all need to eat, right? We right. all need to eat. We all the, need to the, be it's doing the, it's the evil. It's what was it? The greatest evil is not uh, root of all evil is not money. It's food. We don't need wow, money. We, don't, I we can't heard eat that, food. But that's so true. We don't yeah. need food. We can survive without money, but we need food to need literally food. keep going. Yeah, I mean our own. Yeah, I mean our own government classified target workers, grocery store workers as essential employees. Yeah, here like, as well. Right, and right. All of us. So when we went into the pandemic, I know the grocery stores. They were the jobs that people wanted first. So they were hiring the, you know, pilots. They were hiring, you know, uh, flight hostesses. They were hiring, you know, those people that had lost their jobs in the pandemic. Yet we mm-hmm. say that's not a valuable job. And where did all those people end up? Super right. interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Man, Absolute, didn't we get off, off, off well, <laughs> no, onto a different tangent very quickly? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's bring it back because there is plenty more to talk. I mean, we've been off for a year effectively. So there's plenty more to talk about. But getting back to the question, I have a restaurant business and my restaurant business is turning away 30% what we estimate 30% of our business because we are just not able to serve them. And in a timely manner where they're like they're showing up and there's a line out the door or wrapped around the building and we cannot serve them. What are we supposed to do? Like technology is only going to fix that problem so much and there's only so many people we can hire. Because we can only afford so much, number one. Like, you know, whether it's amount of people or the amount of people we're paying, they can only be so productive, period. You know, there is a limit. There's a, what's that term? The law of diminishing returns. Yeah, there's a law of I mean, the restaurants that we have are only so big. So we can only have so many people working in them unless we like physically make them bigger. But there's a land space problem with that as well and money and time and all that. So what can they do to help fix the problem in the short term to help capture more of those that 30% that's yeah. literally never they're just like pulling in and they're they're of out course. or they're just like I'm just going to keep driving yeah well i and disagree next with you, time Joe. they won't pull in right right exactly maybe mm-hmm. maybe i disagree well, with you many- Joe, that only like technology will only take you so far actually i i don't think that we have Oh, I was saying about people. I'm sorry. I, let me clarify that. I was saying that people, like adding people will only take you so far. Right, There's a law okay. of diminishing return yeah. because of the constraints yeah. of uh, yeah, the yeah. size of the Absolutely. kitchen, the size okay. of the rest, like Got it. Okay. things like that. Sorry. Yeah. Because well, I was thinking, because I read this article about this problem. And so it's a problem faced by a lot of fast food restaurants, in particular, the drive through right? So they're losing a lot of time and I hate the drive through because I hate talking into that box and having to repeat myself and they're losing so much time right there. So there's a company or companies that make these like RFI readers that you just like put in your car and, you know, stores your like regular orders. And so your, your order is placed without talking to anybody, right? And then you just drive through and you pick up. So there's, and you can pay and all of that. So there's a lot of efficiency still left to capture that I don't think they've captured yet. And I don't think that expenditure would be, you know, crippling compared, you, you know, wouldn't even because they're going to need recapture. the chip though. 
I mean, you literally yeah, could just know. have your phone. I mean, your phone I was has that. So you have the app just, just like wave your phone. I mean, that's what the app. They have apps that were you yeah. Know, we we for, order by apps. But you had to download the app, and it's not depending how much many how many menu items there are. Like it can be kind of tricky to like get mm-hmm. through those things. Like in Jen's example of the Panera Bread. Like using their app, I know my dad is like one of the his phone against the wall many a times ordering through that app because it would like lose the order, like reset the order and things like that would happen quite often, apparently. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What's Panera's? They, they make Sorry, armpit sandwiches. Sorry, the Australian sandwiches. has no... Okay. The all the sandwiches no... taste like armpit. Every single okay. one. They're all, like they're they're all good for you. It's better than Subway, no? but they're all okay. armpit yeah, sandwiches. But it's that kind of thing. <laughs> It's like a fast casual, fast casual. I forget, Sam. You look like us. You seem like us, but you're just, you're so. She's different. in the future. She, the Panera bread clearly doesn't exist in the future. There's no Panera's in the future. <laughs> Actually, there's not a lot happening here in the future. Good to know. Oh my! In this little country town of Australia. <laughs> seriously when i went to how funny was it when we visited joe and you were telling us about like hoagies and you were telling us about all this stuff and leon and i like what what are you talking about huh huh hoagies are are essential (laughs) we know what they are now to to the american (laughs) culture well at least in the northeast made it to the australian culture (laughs) oh we just have sandwiches All right. Well, Sorry. Well, okay. Please, yeah. please continue. <laughs> yes. Joe, Joe, share with us your your insights into this problem. Well, so to me, the thing is, is, is looking at like, you know, you got to get hard and fast with the what sells, what doesn't sell, what takes the most amount of time and put it into a pie chart so you can start or, you know, a graph and be like, okay, look, you know, do we like to sell the salads? Cool. Well, do the salads take the most time to prepare? Maybe because our sales are actually prepared. Like it's not just like reaching in, like making a giant batch and then, you know, doing it. So it's things like that where it's like if you could take that person, because again, you're working with a, a size people limit, a size of space limit, all these like different restrictions. So every any space where you could take somebody out of and be, have that space instead of preparing one thing, preparing another thing that actually sells more efficient and more, you know, to me is something that gets it going. And I'll tell you, the, one of the best movies, and I know, Sam, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but The Founder, you know, all about I love McDonald's. That movie. Yeah, I love like it. literally the, the scene, like I gushed over the scene where he goes out to the basketball court and was like drawing, or I guess it was a <gasps> driveway or basketball court, and he's like drawing no, a, a chalk. Yeah, yeah, and he's like yeah. chalking his, the whole kitchen out on there to decide, like, what's the fastest way to make a, deli- you know, make a delivery of food to a person? And it's things like that, that it's like, maybe you need to, you know, check the ego and go back to the drawing board and see like, is this really working? Is it really that efficient? Are people crossing over one another? And I mean, I've seen fast food restaurants here where it's like they have tents set outside for people to be able to take mm-hmm. the orders. Like, yeah, but you can only process so many orders and it still comes to, like there's still things that just not super you know, there's still fit, like Jen said, there's still efficiency to be captured. And um, the apps are great, but it might sound like like a boomer or something saying this, but like, I kind of prefer to talk to somebody rather than ordering through an app with the food, unless Mm -hmm. the food, like, unless you get the food options so far down where it's like, 
we have burgers, we have french fries, and what drink do you want with that? And like that's it. Like that's the three oh like gosh. the three things. Like I do not have these app problems that you have. I find clearly. most apps, particularly, you know, chain <laughs> apps or, you know, big company apps, I find them very well well made, the UI very very intuitive, and I am not, you know, I'm not a technical like wizard like you are, Joe. And it's not that I hate people, but you know, these aren't. These no, aren't you my, do. Come on. They're, they're not my friends. I was going to say, hang on, Jen. Like, <laughs> I, hate I like people, but I don't need to. Not everybody's my friend or needs to be my friend. So I don't necessarily need to deal with people if I'm just, you know, grabbing a coffee. You know, I, that could be done seamlessly without any people interaction. And that's okay. I don't think anybody's life is being, you know, my life's not being degraded in any way because of that. I think the biggest sin of all is you know, losing 30% of business. That is, I mean, your customers aren't happy and you're not, you know, making the money that you should be making as a business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I would be going back exactly like you said, Joe. going back, having a look. What's not selling so great off the menu? What's, you know, what's... Not forever, right? Not forever. forever. This isn't like, oh no, we will never have, you know, the mac and cheese option again. Just... Right now, it takes up too much space and we can't afford that extra waste of efficiency. Yeah. What do you think about this, Joe? Sorry, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam. No, no, it's oh, all yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. No, what, you're good. What would you say? Okay, so say this is not the restaurant we're talking about. I, I think we're just talking in general. But if you look at McDonald's, so they famously have the soft serve cones that, and they're known for it. And I know people go to McDonald's just to get this ice cream, right? But they're also like something like ridiculous number percentage of those machines are always broken. Mm-hmm. So what would you do if you have a product that people love, but it is tanking your productivity? Oh, I because I do you know what I did. I just looked at the time and went, "Are we still going to be recording in three hours?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, if you need a break, uh, we've got some great comments here. Uh, Tim says Taco Bell. He orders online because they have so many options, and the drive-through letters are too small. But local shops, I go in person, talk with the owners. Oh, that's a good point. I do like yeah. the local Pete, the local. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a great, great comment. Back you know, to I, my question. I think it's is the same answer is you need to look at go back to the drawing board and see what's not working so that you can uh, reallocate that efficiency to make sure. Now the ice cream. So you're machine taking away thing, the ice cream. You're taking away the ice no, cream. No, 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 no. Because people love the ice cream. People but love the ice cream. But mm. the problem is the machines. And there's a whole. Have you read okay. the articles about the machines? There's a I've whole thing them. about the machines. The whole thing, yeah. They're overly complicated because they're supposed to be like, quote unquote, self-cleaning, even though they're not really self-cleaning. You actually have to take them apart and clean them. And maybe you could speak to some of this, Sam. I don't know if they had all that when you worked there. But that's part of the problem is they have all the, like these certain parts that break very easily. They're very mm-hmm. small and, and everything has to come out of the machine and be cleaned and that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, SoftServe offers you the best opportunity to get sick because people don't clean the machines. And that's part of the problem. But I think that's also one of the reasons why Wendy's doesn't do a dairy-based frozen treat. They do the Frosty because it doesn't – I think the machine is more simpler and doesn't have the same issues that of being cleaned in the same fashion. 
So maybe mm. it's an opportunity to look for a different recipe that, you know, the new, new Coke, if you will, that will get, yeah. you know, completely pooped on. Or just come up with a brand new soft serve machine and sell them to all the McDonald's. So yeah. they have a contract. So the, that's the problem is the, the, the contract, contract yeah. stands in the way of being yeah, able okay. to do that. And that's the battle. And actually, I for, somebody proposed, I think, the, the idea that maybe the soft serve machine is complicated intentionally for that service contract. Yeah, but also because, oh, I for, can't remember. There was a reason why it's like it's better for it to be broken than not than not work. Or it's not even that it doesn't work. It's just that they didn't want to clean it, so they didn't clean it, so they're not using it. Wow. Yeah, see here, you just would not get away with not cleaning it. Like, that's just, in Australia, that's... Yeah, mm -mm. that sounds (laughs) No, no. Love it. Love it, But they are very complicated machines, and yes, I have pulled them apart thousands of times. (laughs) All right, so we have have, speeding up the drive-through through technology. We have taking out the inefficient items on the menu, like the low sellers and the the high time cost items. Mm -hmm. Bam. I know you have something to say about this. Well, I was also going to say, wouldn't you look at where the like money's coming from? So there might be something that's got a really low cost to make and something that's got a higher cost. I'd be looking at all of the numbers and just going, that takes too long. That's gone. Whether it's for now or, and here's the thing, you said not forever, Joe, but maybe all of a sudden, if they start making a huge amount of profit, then maybe that's the new menu. Like you don't know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I would be taking it off anything that takes too long, taking away anything that doesn't sell so well. And I'd also be looking at where are my highest profit items? And they are the ones that I'd be keeping on the menu. Brilliant. That's how you get to the limited time offers, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. our mac and cheese is back for the the season. And all of a sudden, like, you got to run on mac and cheese. Everyone wants it. Everyone wants it, right? Even though it was like, eh, it was okay. We ordered it once in a while or or something to that effect. Unless you're Wendy's and you serve, uh, you're the only one that serves chili. And that's as a byproduct of all the, you know, the waste meat and things that you have that you've made everything else with. Yeah. You know, another thing making this this problem even a bigger problem that I've seen. So every morning I go to the Pete's and get my coffee. And it used to be that if you wanted coffee, you walked into the coffee shop and you order. There's one line. But now there's three lines. There's the people in the store in line. There are the personal individualized mobile orders. And then there's the Grubhub orders or the DoorDash orders that so essentially, this business now has three lines that they're going through, which I think, you know, just compounds the same problem is that we've made it so easy to get an order food, but haven't also made it equally as easy to get it out there to the customers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely. And then it creates a, tra- a people traffic thing too, having uh, more cars come in that aren't staying or going into the drive-through, as well as people coming literally through the door, which creates another, you know, another headache of foot traffic. I do need to say, for any restaurant or food chain that's listening, the business geeks are open for consultation. Yeah. We're available. <laughs> and, and, and taste testing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and taste testing. <laughs> I mean, you might as well get your money's worth out of us, right? Yeah, we, we just need to. We, we need to try and make sure it's okay. 
Absolutely. So, all right. So we to wrap this episode up here. Was there any final thoughts either of you had before we move on real quick? Nothing smart's coming to mind, Joe. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I had a one cool thing real quick. I recently switched over from all the Amazon Echoes that we had in our house, which is quite a few of them, actually, to the Apple HomePod. And I didn't love it at first, but the more I use it, the more I actually love it. The more, you know, because I'm an iPhone user, Mm -hmm. it actually makes a lot of sense. And it actually is a lot easier to navigate than the Echoes. I will say the one downside that had my daughter crying the other night because she loves her Alexa in her room is there's no app support. So she couldn't have her Disney stories or Minecraft stories be read to her through an app that, you know, you can install on the echoes. And so that was one big downside, but really like, you know, my wife, Melissa and I were looking at each other. I'm like, she hasn't used those in so long. Like she just listens to music like all the time at this point. So it does the same thing and has all that. So I really didn't think I was going to like it as much. My friend Mike, you know, kind of turned, he was kind of giving me the push to get rid of the Echoes because he got rid of his Echoes like a year ago. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to have to switch to a whole new system and all that. But the app, the home app, the HomeKit app on the phone is so much easier to use. And it's just so it's such a easier design. And in some ways it's easier to talk to Siri than it is to Alexa. I thought you were going to say so. it's easier to talk to Siri than your wife. Oh, no. <laughs> just sounded like that. Or it was easier to talk to Siri than, you know. Well, he talks through <laughs> Siri to his wife. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Siri, ring Mrs. Pardo. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the thing. Well, that's one of the, so that's one key thing is, is Siri can, knows your voice. So mm-hmm. Siri can like, when I say like, good morning, it knows to undo our ring alarm system. Whereas with the Echo, you had to give a passcode to do that. So then you're like saying your passcode out loud, but we're in our bedroom with nobody, you know, it's not like we walk into the house and do it. There's a keypad there for that. But yeah, it's just little things like that that just make things so much easier. And being able to move music around the house without having to use a separate app or just basically do like a pull down on the iPhone is so much nicer. And now we have music in the house a lot more often now than we did with the Echoes. Not that it was hard on the Echoes, but it was just like, it wasn't as easy to control and send around to the whole house. Well, I don't know about you, but I think there are a lot of people that are going to be working on their Joe Pardo impression. <laughs> what, what, with like like this? Or? <laughs> yeah, they, well, if it recognizes your no, voice, I mean, it oh, gives you yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of power over your house. <laughs> so you, just, you just need to get it, nail that impression. Yes, to, to undo the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did you, who uh, had a, a take my lunch money this week? Oh, I think I did. I know we need to wrap up. We recently at Spirit worked with a, a great team of website designers, Design Powers. You can check them out at designpowers.com. Women owned and led company. They were so not just their design expertise, but their branding and marketing expertise. It was just a, such a joy working with them and I highly recommend them and their process. It was just, it was efficient and amazing all at the same time. So I so can perfect. I say your new branding and your new website is beautiful. So who, so it design is. house, it, it is you. so slick. They've I done a brilliant so job. Yeah. Whoever design powers are, 
I think you're great. <laughs> uh, they took a lot of my lunch money, but it was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I was actually was multiple on... lunch monies. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lunches and the dinners too. <laughs> I was just on your site yesterday, Jen, and we got to talk after we get done here. Why? Because I, I have somebody that I think might be able to use your services. Oh, okay. I thought, I no. thought you were going to say, no, there's, if this there's is a broken, broken that's not working. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great. It's great. It's great looking. We do have to give a shout out to our show sponsor. Yourpodcastconcierge.com, yes. oh, who is oh looking gosh. after our podcast, looking after it so that we don't have to do anything except turn up and be the talent, which I think sometimes is a bit negligible in itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, he does such a, you know, they do such a good job at your podcast concierge that I almost forget that we have a podcast because I have to do so little for mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yep. it is all done. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast. But I feel like I barely have one because I barely have to do it. We know how much work it, know, that goes nice into it. how nice is it? Oh, yeah. I know. So nice. So it nice, is. yeah. Thank you, That's Leon. Harsh. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you, Leon. You're yeah. rocking it. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I this, have to say it, didn't oh, I, Joe? <laughs> yes, you, did, you absolutely did. You absolutely did. <laughs> So this episode of Business Geeks is over, unfortunately, but it's not over if you want to go and listen to our back catalog over at businessgeekspodcast.com. If you have a question for about your business that you need help with or you want to consult with us, go send an email over to I don't I don't know what our emails were. <laughs> Just go to businessgeekspodcast.com. There's a contact button there. You can reach us uh, there as well. And yeah, I hope you have all an amazing day, uh, an amazing week ahead. And we'll see you next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Australian Australian Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Daylight Time. (laughs) Eastern Daylight Time. Take care, everybody. See you next week.